BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, this is Lisa from BeastNet Podcast, and I'm talking with Allison from Bird Mind Productions. And Allison... Give me a little bit of history about you and Birdmine. Okay. So Birdmine was created and started in 2020, actually right when the pandemic began. <laughs> um, so to backtrack a bit, I was a TV journalist for a number of years. And prior to that, I was an in, I interned at various stations when I was in college. And so one of the stations was Comcast Sportsnet in Philadelphia, and I met my now business partner, uh, Cody there. And so we met, we became friends, and then we both became television reporters and we worked both of us across the country and we just stayed in touch. And through our careers, we would always talk about how we love news, we love storytelling, we're journalists, we love journalism, but we always wanted to tell more impactful stories and stories that were longer form. So in news, you only have you know, a minute, a minute 20 to tell a story that yeah. it's what we call a package. And that's what you see on, you know, the broadcast. And so we always wanted to tell longer form stories. And so we chatted about it and we would always chat like, you know, every year or so we would talk about it. And then fast forward to last year, we actually started a production company during, I should say during the chats, we would always say, we wanted you to tell longer form stories. Maybe one day we'll start a production company. Fast forward to 2020 and Cody, it was funny. I was actually furloughed from a full-time job and Cody reached out and just said, Hey, do you want to start this now? And I was like, I guess I just got furloughed. <laughs> so we went as well. <laughs> and um, so we did. And it's, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. And we focus on underrepresented populations, both when Cody was a TV reporter, he was an investigative reporter. And I did a lot of investigations, but I also really focused on like social justice, humanitarian type of stories. And so we've kind of combined our skill sets and we focus on groups who are just often underrepresented and unheard and specifically the disability community. That's awesome. And do you guys have any family history with disabilities or how is that like, how do you choose that over, you know, everything else that's out there? Right. Uh, yeah. So my older sister, um, her name is Becky. She's six years older than me and she is severely disabled, severely cognitively disabled. So, you know, she's uh, vocal, but not, quote unquote verbal, you know, she has her own way of communication Yeah, uh, and she needs 24 hour care. And so my mom was a single mom and raised us by herself. And when I was a kid, I was just a huge advocate for the disability community because I was the second child. And so I grew up, Becky, that was all I knew was having a sister with a disability and it was quote unquote yeah. normal for me. And so, you know, I just uh, remember just having moments where I realized Becky was going to be treated differently. And then as I kept, you know, growing up, noticing, I became an advocate for the disability community because I just kept seeing all these injustices and issues that my sister faced and people like her face. And so I always knew I wanted to go into something having to do with disability, whether, you know, I was an advocate for a long time. And yeah, and so that ended up when I was a journalist, when I was a TV journalist, 
I've tried to focus as much as I could on that community. I actually won a Catalyst for Change Award from the Arc of Virginia for all the work I did with that That's community. That's awesome. And so it's just been my, what I like to say is I, through my work, I hope I can change the way the world views disability because, yeah. you know, a lot of people who are disabled it's not their disability that's the issue per se. It's the way people perceive them and their disability. Yes. Fully agree with you on that one. Fully agree with you on that one. So with meandering scars, is this like your first big production that you're doing? And tell me a little bit about how that got started. Sure. Um, yes, it is our first big production. Uh, right now we're working on four stories, including that one, but that's kind of our, the biggest one. So when we were just starting out, Cody and I were trying to come up with ideas for stories. And one of the things we had thought of was how people with disabilities impact the fitness industry. And so we were contacting people, trying to find various people who, whether they're influencers or, you know, what have you, and people who are making an impact in various aspects of the fitness industry. So through a friend, Erica was recommended to me because she is a CrossFit athlete and because she does OCR. And so we connected for an interview. We still weren't like a hundred percent sure what we were doing with that series. It was more like we were just interviewing people who we came across to see if something came out of it. And so we interviewed, I interviewed Erica and we were, you know, we hit it off and we were talking for like an hour over (laughs) Zoom because she's amazing. And like, once you start talking to her, you just can't stop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so we were chatting. And so it's like we were at the very end of the conversation of the interview and she a very, very like nonchalantly just kind of throws it in there. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to be climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in September. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me. <laughs> it was just so funny because that, you know, that would be what you'd expect the first thing she might mention. And it was the last. <laughs> and so from there, I, I was just like, that's amazing. I mean, I would love to document your journey. Let me, and then, you know, we, I kept asking her questions and she's like, yeah, you know, I want to do it because I want to spread awareness about suicide um, in the disability community because I myself have had suicide ideation and I have known people who had disabilities that committed that died by suicide. That was like, for me, amazing. Cause it's like already She's already just putting herself out there and challenging her own physical and mental abilities, which is doing it for a good cause, fairness for a good cause. So I I contacted Cody and I was like, Hey, like I talked to Erica and I mean, she'd be great for the series we're doing if we, you know, but I really think we should consider doing like just focusing on her story. And instead of doing the whole series, you know, this is a big, I think this has the potential to be an amazing, incredible journey. And uh, he agreed. And so the next thing you know, we're, we're out there filming with them and, you know, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I know she mentioned a little bit about you guys were at a race. How, what did you think about that with, you know, cause she's affiliated with more heart than scars and that's a very humbling and different experience to go through as an obstacle course racer, let alone somebody who's not ever really been a part of that. How, how was that for you? Yeah. You know, it was my first race too. What's funny is I'm very much, I'm like very much into fitness and health, but I've never done a Spartan. I'd never done a Spartan race before. And so my first experience completing a Spartan race was also with a, you know, a film camera in my hand, like trying to keep up with them. (laughs) And I was trying to keep up with them. Like, 
Erica was hauling butt, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, it was a really cool experience to, to, to watch how they, to watch how the crowd in the community at the Spartan race really responded to them. Like to hear the people, just random people going up to Erica, just like, you know, keep kicking butt. You're amazing. And just to see how, I don't know, just her presence there and doing what she does. It's so powerful. I feel yeah. like, you know, it just, for me, it's, it's an inspiration. And for, I feel like anyone who sees her, it's just when you see someone who has challenge, I mean, we all have challenges every day, but she has physical yes. challenges, you know, she uses yeah. a chair. And so to watch her just not let those physical challenges defeat her and, and, you know, use it, just be able to accomplish something like that. It was yeah. a very remarkable experience for me. That is awesome. So where are you guys at, like production wise? Like I know you guys did the fundraiser and that was shared all over the place. Where's that for you guys? So our fundraiser just ended a few weeks ago and we we reached our goal. So we raised $20,000. That's awesome. Yeah. And so that's money that's going to go to help uh, fund our trip because it's like four or $5,000 per person for our crew to get there. Yeah. Um, and we have five people. So it's Cody, me, and then we were bringing on three other videographers. So, because we want, when we're on the trip, we want multiple shots, you know, we're going to have a drone, we're going to have uh, three cameras, we're going to have a GoPro. So we have all these, we're going to have audio equipment. So we have to bring more people so we can do it right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So the money we raised for the seed and, from Seed and Spark, that's going to go towards the travel and, and the trip costs. And production wise, I mean, we've shot with Erica. I did this, the Spartan race. We've been there. Um, we went to Zach's house when Erica came and we did, uh, you know, a race, uh, not a race, but we all just went up a pretty steep hill and did some challenging obstacle course work that they created. And so we've done that a few times. Uh, Cody's going again in July to film with them on another kind of like race they're creating. And that's supposed to mimic, you know, Kilimanjaro. I think it's at, uh, is it Mount Mitchell? Mount Mitchell is where they're Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm going back at the end of July, early August to film just kind of like day in the life with Erica. We're going to go back to the accident site, you know, where she was injured. And, you know, that's obviously going to be a really powerful moment uh for her because it will be the first she's dr- so th- where she was injured where she was paralyzed is fairly close to her house but she hasn't been back like she'll pass it sometimes to get home but she's actually hasn't like gone back to be there and like think about what happened and so that this will be the first time she does that that's wow that's gonna be very powerful like for her most definitely. She's so open about what happened to her. And wow, that's, that's amazing. That's not something that's easy to overcome. I've been in a car wreck and it didn't have any kind of injuries close to what Erica had, but just driving past that site alone, it was difficult at first. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like for her to actually stop and fully reflect on that. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I know. So yeah. So that's, that's in July, August, and then Kilimanjaro is in September. September. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. 
Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services Wall and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. So how have you guys, how's COVID affected getting over there and all of that? Are you guys finding any roadblocks? Are you figuring out how to squeeze past them? I mean, COVID so far hasn't really impacted us. Like when we were traveling, I mean, we traveled during the pandemic to film with them. And I mean, that was scary, you know, it yeah. was risking, it was a risk. Um, thankfully we all stayed healthy, but no, I mean, nothing has really been impacted so far. I know that they were supposed to go in 20 last year, 2020. Yeah. yeah. I'm almost, ha- I'm thankful they didn't. Cause I didn't know about it before then, you know, <laughs> yeah. now it's like working out. Um, but so that was postponed for them because of COVID. So so far, so good. So far, we haven't really run into any obstacles. I mean, I know I'm vaccinated now. I've been vaccinated for months. Um, and I assume that most of the people who will be with will be vaccinated, hopefully. So it doesn't seem to be impacting anything right now. You know, we're just trying to stay as cautious as possible. And when, yeah. we, when we have been filming, wearing masks and, you know, but sometimes it's, it was just a risk and kind of just hope for the best and think right. <laughs> Thankfully, we we all stayed healthy. So yeah, what are you, what are you guys doing along with the meandering scars? You said you have some other stories. Are you free to like open up about those a little bit and tell us about yeah. that? Yeah. So um, the two other main stories we're working on one is about um, the rise of homelessness in Los Angeles County and oh, yeah. and how COVID nineteen impacted that. It's been pretty. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Skid Row. It's yes, I've heard a little bit about it. Yeah. Everyone's heard. I mean, I feel like it's like internationally known. It's really sad. It's um like 54 blocks. It's actually, it's like own community. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's just all homeless. You know, you go down there and um, there's tents everywhere and um, just, just homeless people everywhere. And I want to say at last count, there were like 66 thousand homeless people in the county and that just continues to rise because of covid because so many people lost their jobs and um you know it's another huge thing is that the the percentage of homeless there's a, a very large percentage of them are working homeless they're people with you know families it's there's like the stereotype when you think of homelessness and the the fact of the matter is yes there are people who are obviously mentally ill or who have you know drug addiction but there's such a large percentage of people who are just, they are dads and moms and yeah. you know, just your average person down on their luck. And so it's, um we're trying to highlight, we're highlighting several homeless individuals and their plight while also talking about how, you know, the rise of homelessness is going to impact the communities. So that's one we're doing. And then the other is about actually undocumented immigrants and how, the COVID-19 pandemic impacted them because they were very much left in dire conditions. They don't qualify for any government assistance. And many of them, most of them, you know, they work kind of back of the house jobs, a lot of them. And so they lost those jobs when COVID started. Yeah. And if it wasn't for activists who filled the role to like help feed them and give them money for rent, a lot of these people would have just, I don't even know what would have happened to them. So the whole point of the documentary is to show you have this very, they're like one of the most crucial communities. They're the ones who are farm workers and they're you yeah. know, doing all these jobs that are so needed. And 
and when they had a time of need, there was no one to, there, you know, the government was nowhere to be found. And um, so it's, it's, you know, talking about how activists fill that role, but they shouldn't have to, you know, they're humans and they should be able to <laughs> qualify for assist, assistance when there's yeah. a pandemic. So, so that's the other big one we're working on. That's awesome. The homelessness has been absolutely mind blowing to see, not just like with Los Angeles County, but even up here in Washington, I know Seattle has just exploded with that. And I'm out on the peninsula, small communities, very rural, and we're seeing such an increase. And there's that fear of like, once they stop the, you know, the rent mandatoriums and all of that, like, it's kind of scary to f- see what could possibly happen to so many people with that. It's awesome to see that you are taking that step to kind of start shedding a light on what that all is. It's not just, you know, the the people that just assume, oh, well, they're all drug addicts or all they just don't want to work. And yep. it's more than just that. So that's fan- that's phenomenal to hear that you are taking on that. Yeah. It's- to show it. I mean, it's such a, it's, I mean, especially here in LA, it's a human, it's a humanitarian crisis. I mean, the amount of people who are on the streets right now, it's, it's horrifying, you know, and some people choose to be there, but a lot of them don't. And most of them, I would say don't. And they just, some, a lot of them just need a little help. You know, they need, yeah. just <laughs> they need a little assistance to get on their feet. And so yes. it's like a hand, it's a hand up, not a handout. They're looking for that hand up to be able to have a functional life, I guess, is the best way to put it. But that's really hard to do when you don't have, you don't have a place to put your stuff. You don't have a warm shower and bathroom facilities, even the kitchen. Like, yep. I can't even imagine how difficult that is. It's like, you know, if you have a home, you're just, you kind of take it for granted. And it's kind of humbling to think of the people that have lost their homes and they're not, it's because of their jobs. and. It's sad. It's sad to see that we're leaving them behind. Um, do you guys have timelines and when things are going to come out, or is that just kind of still up in the air for all of you, for you with everything? I would say meandering scars is the kind of most set. Um, the hope is that we, you know, we complete the climb in September. We come back and we're going to have to spend months, what we call logging the footage. <laughs> um, <laughs> So going through and like physically logging everything so we can start putting it together. But the hope is that it, after we get back, we'll ha- it'll be done in a year, a year and a half. Um, awesome. So the others are kind of like TBD. We're just kind of gathering elements and kind of going with the flow with it. Um, yeah. So I kind of, I find myself shooting, like I just shot yesterday with some farm workers in the Central Valley um, area of California. I kind of have like a shoot to two shoots uh, every month, every, well, no, I should say every like two weeks for the, for the various documentaries. Um, And yeah, but meandering scars, the hope is that we would be done in like a year, a year and a half after we get back. That's awesome. Is this like your full-time job for you now, or are you working on this side and this is kind of a side like passion project? So Cody still has his full-time job. He works for a union. And so he's like Monday through Friday, nine to five type of job there and doing this, I am focusing on bird mine. So it was kind of the thing where I could do it because I had lost my job and I'm married. So I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to pursue something like this because my husband makes, you know, a a decent living. Yeah. Uh, But I do also still work on the side and I freelance, right? So I write for Forbes Women. 
Um, and then I write for two screenwriting publications. And I've also been published in Huffington Post and Business Insider. So that's kind of right now my income is is freelance article writing. Um, and then, yeah. And so because Birdmine right now is like we're not making money, you know, it's yeah. Yet the the goal is hopefully eventually. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, we're just for us. It's uh, I mean, we're we're blessed that we can do this. But that's why Cody's keeping his full time job because we're not at the point yet where we can both leave and focus fully on it. Yeah. yeah. What other things are you guys thinking about getting into? Is it kind of waiting for these projects to kind of wrap up a little bit, or are you still like brainstorming for the next thing? Right now, we're really just focusing on these. I mean, it's one of those things where we projects kind of come across our desk all all the time. But I'm like going insane with the projects <laughs> we have. So just, I, I just have so much on my plate because I'm constantly writing for someone. I'm constantly like right now I'm writing for one of the publications. I have a 6,000 word article I have to write. Plus like, you know, I produce like five to six Forbes articles a month. And then on top of it, all the bird mind stuff, like I'm out shooting and doing all this stuff. So it's just, it's a lot. Um, we're focusing on these three stories right now. And then, you know, depending on if, when one is done or, you know, we'll start to venture out into other stories. That's awesome. With the meandering scars and all the filming you're doing, and I know you just finished the fundraiser. Um, I noticed when I clicked the link, there wasn't like a place to like automatically donate at that moment in time. Like, is there, are people going to get emails? Like, how's that going to fall you into place? To donate like now? Yeah. Oh, so this fundraiser is done. So like once it hit a certain time, no one could donate anymore. Is that what you're asking? And like how people can donate now? Well, I noticed like when I went on, I was checking it out and, you know, to donate, there wasn't like a place to like put your credit card or whatever. Like I didn't see that. At least for me, I didn't. But then again, I was on East Coast time and I'm West Coast. And when did you go? When did you check? Um, that was when it just first released. I was with Erica when you sent her the link and like everything went live. I was with her. We had just done Mississippi, um, the Phoenix OCR. So <laughs> I was really struggling those couple days because, you know, the three hour time difference kind of killed me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's interesting that um, I don't know why there wasn't a place to put your credit. I mean, we we got the funding because yeah, everybody was like donating. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what was wrong with you. With <laughs> well, then that was like, I wasn't fully going all the way through. I went through most of it. So like oh. I said, it's probably me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys going to need extra funding for anything else? Or is that, was that just the cap and what you needed or? Oh no. Yeah. This is, this is a, this is like an, it's astronomically expensive project. What we were raising was only like a small portion of it. Yeah. I think our, I think what it's likely going to cost all in all is like $710,000, I think is what we, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that would like is going towards 20,000, which is going to help us get there, you know? Yes. um, But in the meantime, we have applied to like 10 different grants. So we're applying for grants and funding, uh, hoping that we, because like if we got into a grant program, they would basically, um, they would fund the rest of it. Yeah. That's that's the hope. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's what uh, we're going to, 
need a lot of money to, to be able to make it happen. But yeah, that's amazing that you have that possibility of grants and stuff to further the production um, with you guys are leaving in September and how are you preparing for all of this? I know Erica <laughs> and Joey and them are all like training their hearts out. How yeah. are you guys preparing for that? Cause you're going to be lugging your production equipment, the, yeah. the cameras and the sound stuff. <laughs> How's yeah. that falling into place? <laughs> um, so we are also training. We, uh, and you know, trying to eat healthy and, and being as healthy as possible. Um, I was doing two a days. Actually, Cody, I think is still doing two a days uh, where we were working out twice a day. I was like running in the morning and then I was doing a strength workout in the evening. My, I have a trainer and he writes me up workouts every you know week. And I have been pretty much following that. My, I, I hurt my hip a bit. So I kind of stopped doing as intensive and have just been really focusing on trying to eat as healthy as possible and working out at least like once a day. So right now that's the training. Eventually I feel like I need to start training with a mask because the most significant hurdle we're apparently going to face is the altitude changes versus like the actual hike itself. So that'll be interesting. Fully agree with you on that one. Um, I've been to a few races. Um, We went to one in Canada and that altitude difference, like... (laughs) It was rough. (laughs) It was really rough. And, you know, you combined altitude with heat and that was a struggle bus. And now, you know, combining altitude with cold. Yeah. um, I I can only imagine. And I know how Erica feels about the cold. So, (laughs) and I think there's, I think I read that there's five climates. There's five different climates on a mountain. Wow. That's insane to think there's five different climates on one mountain. Yeah. You're in the Sahara basically like you know <laughs> yep. um so you guys leave in September you come back you got some more filming to do how do people follow you like is it just on Facebook do you guys have Instagram what are your like outlets for people to find you and follow you and follow this journey yeah so we're on all social media and I believe on Twitter Instagram and Facebook it's uh, at birdmind stories okay and then yeah. And then like, I'm on Instagram, like my, I have like a journalist page where I'm also post stuff, which is at Allison Norleon. And yeah. And we'll also be updating through the seed and spark. Like, even though, even though our fundraising is done, we're still able to like update people. And, um, so we're going to be using that as a tool too. That's so. fantastic. Yeah. That is awesome. Is there anything else that like, are you thinking about possibly doing more OCRs down the road or how did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, well, you know, I love doing stuff like that. I love physical activity and I love challenging myself. And like, I always, I like, I've run a marathon. I've run a bunch of half marathons. Like I was a pretty active runner for a while and I still run almost daily, but I'm not running as long, at, you know, as many miles as I used yeah. to. Um, but yeah, when I did the Spartan with them, like it was a blast. I was like, I wish, I mean, I had so much fun filming and, you know, doing what I was doing, but it would have been really fun to like actually be able to do the obstacles and like get down and dirty. Cause I, <laughs> I mean, I got really dirty, but, um, <laughs> but I still couldn't, you know, I couldn't get, obviously, I mean, I almost ate shit so many times, like <laughs> with my, with my like very expensive camera, it was horrifying, oh, um, no. <laughs> and, but thankfully there was, 
there are some of the folks who were with us. They like, I think it was Justin Parker is his name. He's one of their you know, more hearth and scars members. And he's coming yeah. with us to Kilimanjaro. If it wasn't for him, I would have literally fallen into a pile of mud shit. And he's oh. like, I was falling. I didn't even know he was there. And he just like grabbed my arm and like got me out of the mud. Um, <laughs> and I just can't even imagine if I had fallen. But yeah, anyway, it was, um, I loved it though. It was so much fun. And uh, I, I definitely plan to like do one on my own. So that's fantastic. <laughs> I love hearing about people who've never done a race and they do that one race and it's like, something clicks and there's yeah. that that love for that like just starts like building and coming out there's something about being on a race course and the camaraderie that comes out especially if you're in the open heat like with more heart than scars it's it's amazing i think i don't know if i have any more questions hey okay. my cat my cat is making an appearance over here she's like oh she was just right. You see her tail. <laughs> yeah. So it's awesome to be able to have a chance to talk to you. I hear so much about you and the production and everything from Erica. Cause Eric and I talk like at least a couple times a week. We can find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, um, I can't wait to see all your projects come together in fruition. And this Mount Kilimanjaro with Erica is absolutely amazing. She just, I bow down to her like tenacity to just be like, yep, I'm doing it. Just, yep. Okay. <laughs> she's fearless. She is yes. fearless. Um, and yeah, she's just such a great, I feel like for any like young woman, especially, she's just such a great role model. She just took the cards that were dealt to her and, you know, became even, I don't know, just a badass amazing woman <laughs> who doesn't, yes. you know, doesn't take no for, you know, she just, doesn't take no for an answer and and does what she wants and nothing stops her and no I noticed that (laughs) when I was there with her I totally noticed that like she did like so like I was like how do I can't keep up with you I'm exhausted by the end of the day and you're just like okay let's keep going Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Allison, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I know that we're going to probably stay in touch with you guys just so we can follow this journey and have a blast in, in Tanzania and you. climbing that mountain. That's yeah, so awesome. <laughs> nice to meet you. And nice thanks to for asking to have me yeah, on. <laughs> no problem. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook, like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.